Welcome to Live, Behind the Veil, an atmosphere where men and women of God speak His Word to this age and bring His Kingdom to this earth. Do you have ears to hear and eyes to see what God is doing in this hour? Let us join our host and the family's conversation as the Holy Spirit is unfolding the Word Behind the Veil. Hi, I'm Ron, your host. And today, the family discusses how deadly comparisons can be, especially in our relationships. Let's listen in. Comparisons. (laughs) We are faced with comparisons on a constant basis today. We have television. We have, well, my gosh, we've got YouTube. We've got signs. We've got so many things and so many male and female characters, if you will, to compare ourselves to. And if you allow yourself to get into that comparison mode, you're looking and you're going, that girl looks a lot better than my wife. I think I'll try. You know, something comes into their thinking because that comparison, this is better than what I have. And we have to eliminate that comparison because that's that's where Satan first tempted Eve in the garden. Is, isn't that fruit? Doesn't it look pretty good? It looks pretty good. Yes, it does. It'll make you like God. Comparison. It's a comparing again. And so we want to eliminate comparisons because once you're committed, you can't have eyes for anything else. Alan, that's that's a point that's really important because we're bombarded constantly by image of this is beautiful. For a man, you know, this is what being shape is, you know, the testosterone, all that type of stuff. And then, of course, the woman. You're being told. Right. I mean, it's constant. We're bombarded so much on TV, so much on, well, anything you can imagine, any kind of social media, just constant. And then you come back to real life, not the actors, not the models, not the people that, you know, are 18 or 21 or whatever, or spent all their life keeping themselves really in shape because they've got all this money to do so, or it's their job to look good, you know, so they can be a model or whatever. And then you come back to the real person that got a a pot belly, you know, the wife's been through three children, Mm -hmm. and and she she doesn't look uh, like a model anymore. And to see through the deception of the world, yeah. That it projects and realize that exactly what that is. That is a deception. It's not real life. It's not e- even those people someday they're going to look just like you, you know, and the looks are, well, we all know this. It's been said forever, you know, the surface level is what it is, the surface level, but what's in the heart, what's in the spirit. So when you marry somebody and you're in a, in a relationship with them, that is a special thing. That yeah, is a very, is. very special thing. And you're beginning to know someone and they're beginning to know you. And that's what it's all about. You know, knowing one another and loving one another and getting close to one another. That's what it's all about. And to trade that in for some good looking dame walking down the street because now she looks a lot better than what you've got. What a, what a crock. That is, is such a crock. It's such a deception, and people fall for that all the time. 
And then you know what happens? It becomes ashes in their mouth because they found out this hot-looking chick is shallow or all about herself. But then it's too late because now they've destroyed a relationship that really has some depth and meaning in their lives because they've went through many, many things together. God loose people from that deception. You know, I've I've seen such shallow things in not only like TV and stuff, but music. There's actually a song where um, he sings, he can't be a man because he doesn't smoke the same cigarettes as me. It's a subtle thing in there, but it gives a comparison. He's not as good as me because he doesn't smoke the same brands I do. And it's a subtle thing that causes people to start start comparing because music is a driver people open their spirits to music and whatever music they're listening to it drives them subconsciously 99 percent of the time it's subconscious but it has an effect in the real life atmosphere at some point in time yes comparisons can be a real stumbling block but when i see things like temptation or to compare or to look you know, love and lust are both four-letter words, that I claim to take the victory over that situation, and that is my way of stepping forward and, and saying, I'm, I'm not an animal, and I'm different. I will yes. not do this. Yes, we all stumble, but we all get up, and we try again. And you keep trying, and God honors that. And that's the key. I just claim who I am. And it's kind of a sidebar, you might say, but Christianity over the years has taken control of that sin, you might say, and elevated it beyond what it should be. Because in God's eyes, all sin is the same except for unbelief. And I ask Him for forgiveness and he gives me forgiveness. I accept it. I take it to the sea of forgetfulness, and I cast it in there, and I walk away, and it's not going to follow me, and I'll try again. Will I fall again? I don't know, but it's something that God will help me with. He will work it out if I give myself to him, the same way with all the other stuff I do wrong. Uh, What's that saying? I'm a Christian because God has forgiven me. And that that doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes. Exactly. That's the truth. We can we have an example of what you're talking about in David in what happened with him and Bathsheba. And again, it goes back to comparisons <laughs> in some in, in many respects. And um but to be considered a man after God's own heart, and a lot of people have trouble with that because of the sin that he committed. He caused her husband to be murdered. And and then he took her in as a wife and stuff. And But you know what? He was on his face before God, repenting for those things. And the depth of which uh, very few people who have not been through it don't understand. But if God doesn't have grace for people like David, people like Saul, who became Paul, they have to have, there has to be a grace that God gives because Paul could never have talked or preached to the families of the men or women, fathers, sons, uncles, and so forth that he had killed. 
he never could have done that had there not been grace. Uh, or in fact, we know that Saul on the road to uh, Damascus was met by the Lord and blinded and so forth. And But it was a major turnaround. And that can happen to anyone today too. That repentance can still be there to, to correct that thing. Now, the other side of that is on the other part of the relationship, if you will, there needs to be forgiveness. And that's a tough one sometimes. You know, it's very, very hard. You have, in order to forgive somebody fully, you have to, it has to come from the Lord because you can't do it in yourself. You, you just can't do it in yourself. And so the Lord does it. The relationship at the end of that is really important. Your relationship has to come from the Lord. Yeah. And period. I don't care if, if it's rocky or if it's smooth. The last thing you want to do is blow smoke. I think it's important for this conversation that we make sure it's evident that we're talking about, I think relationships have to have a foundation of Christ in them if they're going to succeed. There may be relationships out there that they don't acknowledge it, but that doesn't stop God from moving in the relationship. And I, I, I know true. we've all met people out there that they may not go to church, they may not read the Bible, um, but there's something about these people that you can tell that God's in their life and he's moving in their life. It kind of confounds me sometimes if I meet somebody like that and they don't line up to anything that I would call, I wouldn't say godly, but I would call churchy. They they don't read the Bible, they don't talk about God, they don't go to church, all that kind of stuff. And yet, there's a good spirit about them. And mm -hmm. when you look to the Lord about them, and I can think of some people right offhand, they just have something of God in their life. There's no way, way to put it. God's in their life where they recognize it or not. And there's families out there like that. And I think God's so much bigger again than what we what the limitations we put upon him. You're talking about comparison, comparisons again in respect. And what I'm talking about is you are looking at somebody trying to ascertain or judge if they're a Christian or not, or if they're called of the Lord or not. And it's not up to us to know that. It's up to God. It's between them and God. You look at people like Samson in the Bible. He is definitely not uh, the number one A-list on the Christian list, if you look at his life. He did everything wrong, but God used him. He was one of the judges of Israel. God used him, even though he was not a Christian man, if you will. He wasn't a good Jew. He wasn't a good Christian. <laughs> but God used him, and that's that's the point. God can use, will use, anyone he can. I've had people, Boy Scout troop leaders, not profess to know God at all, but some of the principles that I was taught back in those days were definitely of the Lord. And a lot of it is, be kind, be nice to one another. Those are fruits of the Spirit. One thing you're bringing up, Alan, is one thing that has always blessed me, and that's God's integrity. Because I have two very good friends, and over the years, I've witnessed how they practice the principles that God has laid out in the Scriptures, and they are successful. This one guy, it seems like everything he does, he's like a cat. He lands on his feet. And I've told him time and time again, 
And early on in some of these friendships, I asked him, I said, where do you go to church? <laughs> and the one guy was one guy was a little bit insulted because he doesn't go and he doesn't like to go. <laughs> and in being and being accused of being a churchgoer was was, was <laughs> negative to him. And the second guy over the years, every now and then, because I'd asked him before a little different reaction, I accused him. I says, You've been going to church lately. And he'd say, he'd laugh and he says, not on your life. <laughs> but they both exhibited the principles and walked in those principles, kind, honest people, exhibiting all those things. And I told the one guy, I told him one time, I says, you know, God loves you. Someday you'll find it out. And he says, that's fine. It didn't change him one way or another. <laughs> well, family, today the Holy Spirit has taught us that refusing comparisons is the first step in realizing the blessing that God has already given us in our lives. Experiencing the impartation of God's Word through His family is life. Has this time in His presence blessed you? Then please subscribe to our podcast at livebehindtheveil.com. If you would like to contact the family with questions or topics that you would like discussed, you can email them to livingepistles at livebehindtheveil.com. Stay connected, tuned in, and grow with the family as the Lord unveils His Word to us live behind the veil.